Welcome to Return Again, the podcast about Aliyah and those who made Aliyah many years ago, focusing on their journey. I'm really pleased and honored that we have with us today uh, Rav uh, Moshe Lichtman. Rav Lichtman has been in and around Aliyah for decades. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit, a little more later, but uh, for now, I just want to say, Rav Lichtman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being part of this. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm also honored, especially to be one of the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully there will be many more to come. Um, but, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And I, and I think that, I think that, that uh, is apropos and maybe where we'll start. Where did it all start for you? When you, know, when, when you were uh, three years old, I can't imagine you were thinking, I'm going to live in Israel someday. So maybe take, take the listeners through a little bit about how it happened for you. Okay, it's funny you say three years old, because actually when I was three years old is when the, young, uh, the uh, Six Day War happened. Right. I always say that, how, um, how I feel so, so, so like I have such a great zuchus that I was in the world when the Six Day War happened. But yes, I wasn't. that had nothing <laughs> to do with it. And in fact, you know, my parents are definitely are Zionistic, war Zionistic, I should say. Um, you know, my mother worked for Emuna women, or is it Mizrahi women? You know, she was like, you know, Aliyah was definitely something, you know, I guess a dream, which they actually did fulfill at the end of their lives, um, which maybe we can get to later. Sure. But not in the sense of, you know, it being spoken about in the house and like, you know, being inculcated into us that, you know, we don't belong here, we got to get out of here as soon as possible. That was never, ever the case. Uh, right. I, I, I never thought about Aliyah until my year in Israel. And I'll, say, I'll just give you an example of how, how far in and how far it was to me. My brother, I have an older brother, Hillel, he was in Israel, he's like five years older than me, so he was in Israel, let's say four, three, two, three years before me. And I remember he stayed for like Shabbat and another half a year, whatever it was. And at some point, he expressed that he wants to make Aliyah. Right. And I remember as a high school kid, again, I don't remember exactly what grade I was in, 10th or 11th, I remember literally thinking that he fell off the moon. I thought, like, like, how could anybody think? Why such a would thing? anyone want to do that? Like, why would anyone even think <laughs> of such a thing? Like, what does that mean? Why wouldn't he live in, 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 in you know, New Jersey, where we grew up, like, or somewhere in, in America? You know, we're Americans. It, that's the point to which Aliyah was foreign to me. Um, when I grew up, there was a kid in in my high school. That one day he just said, "We're we're making Aliyah." This was uh, this was ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, similar. I was like, what? what? Like, why would you do that? Yeah, like you're good at sports. There's no good sports in Israel. Like, why would you want to do that? And it's so crazy because, you know, I, I grew up Orthodox. My father was a rabbi, you know. You would think, you know, if the, in the school I went to, they would teach Chumash, the Parsha Shavuot. We got to Lech Lecha. They would talk about, you know, Avram's Aliyah. It was so under the radar. It was so a non-issue. This is the 70s that, we're talking that about. That we're talking about the 70s. I was born in 1964, yeah. so late 60s, early 70s, 70s, yeah, through the 70s. Um, not even a hava, I mean, as they say. It wasn't even going to be a possibility. Um, 
but again, you know, did we have a, a, a Yom Ha'atzma'ut uh, gathering? What do they call it? You know, something in, in school? Yeah, yeah, an assembly. Yeah, assembly, An right? assembly, they yeah, serve falafel at the end. Falafel, <laughs> blue and white cookies, or whatever it was. Yeah, okay, you know. I knew that Israel was a nice, you know, nice thing. And I, in fact, I actually, I was, I was in charge of my, uh, my high school yearbook. And we put in a whole page, it was 1982. I graduated in 82. So it was right when um, it was the peace deal with, with Egypt where we gave right. away the Sinai, right? And I remember, I still have it at home, you know, we made a, put in a whole page, you know, that Israel gives up, you know, all this land and all just for a promise for peace. So <laughs> I, I don't even actually remember it, but I do remember doing that. And I have it in, my, in the yearbook. So we obviously, you know, it was an issue and obviously we talked about it, but, but what does that have to do with with me as a Jew moving to Israel, nothing, zero, absolutely nothing. It was not an issue whatsoever growing up. So what uh, happened with your brother? What, so what happened my brother, with that, with so that conversation in the family? Oh, I don't know. I guess, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, he, 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 uh, he got a little bit uh, brainwashed when he went to Israel, you know? Uh, to the oh, that point, was the, the, that was the, the thinking I in the guess. family? Look, I guess, right. I, that I guess. That much I don't remember, but... You know, to the point where um, I even had thoughts of not going to Israel for the year. I was like, you know, I don't want to... Anyway, my brother had come back already, I think. And my parents forced them to actually come back and finish, finish college. But, um, uh, you know, I was like, I just want to go on with life. I want to I become a doctor. That was my dream. I was going to be a doctor. Yeah. Uh, not so much to help people, but to make a lot of money. You know, the, big, the American dream. Right. Be rich and... And I, I was into sports. I was into basketball when I was. I've in heard school. about this. Yeah, we might have to address this. <laughs> yeah. How how good a player were you? I don't know. It depends. You have to ask other people. I, I wasn't great. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't one of the great ones in the league. I was one of the. I was a captain of my team, but my team wasn't the greatest team. So whatever. I was decent. It, it wasn't I a was situation decent. where you were like dominating every no. game, and oh, no. people were wondering, well, if he wasn't from, maybe no. he'd be going to Division no. One. No, the funny thing is that I actually, I think I got better when I, later on, like when I finally came to Israel, and, and it wasn't a serious thing anymore, like with pressure, it was just like having fun, you know, yeah. during Bena Starim, to go out and play ball, I, and, and, I, and I just let loose a little bit, and I, and I was playing much better, much, yeah, much better. Interesting. Yeah, anyway, um, so what I was saying was that, you know, I wanted, I wanted to have a beautiful house, a basketball court in the backyard, of course. I mean, sure. that's my life. That was my life. That's it. You know, that's all I wanted. And so I was really toying with the idea of not going to Israel for the year. And like, boy, what's the purpose? Yeah, why would I do that, you know? You know, Torah wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, a big thing for me at all. I mean, nothing. Uh, I wanted to be a religious Jew. I'm not going to say I, didn't want, I wasn't going to keep uh, Shabbos, but, right. you know... <laughs> What can I tell you? My year in Israel saved my life. There's no question about it. That that's what changed my life and saved my life. You know, and I, and I say it to this day that you know, without, without the year in Israel in general, I mean, Judaism in the world would look so much different. I mean, when I was growing up, it was the it was the exact opposite of cool. It was the least cool thing you could do <laughs> to learn Torah. We actually had one guy on our basketball team who was a tremendous Tamachacham nowadays. Like supposedly, they say he's like Mamish, one of the Gedolei, like a really? future Gedolei Lador. Yeah, and he was a great ball player. You can't, you can't say the name. Ah, no, I'm not gonna say okay. the name. Okay. <laughs> Nah, nah, in like, Have in I heard like of Lakewood, him? no. Oh, no, okay. Somewhere in Lakewood. Oh, he's no. still in the states. Yeah, he's still in the states. No, he stayed in the states, but he, 
somehow he was into learning even during even during high school. He played ball, but he's already into learning. Right. You know, but like that was such an anomaly. Like most people were not like that. Most people were, you know, secular. Were, were I, I don't want to say secular, but like secular minded. I understand. You know? I understand. Torah was like, not a b big part of their lives. Like they they like wrapped themselves with a cloak of Torah, but, but underneath it, they were just trying to live a secular life in yes. America yes. while doing exactly. the things they had to do to, to be from. Exactly. Not that they had no feeling. Right, they had right, feeling, right. but like, it's like, it has its place. Exactly. Um, and as I said, uh, oh, so I, so I started saying, so <clears throat> it was never cool. It was not cool to learn. Nowadays, it is, it's much cooler. You have, you have Batei Midrash open at night. I'm talking about in modern Orthodox communities. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have kids who, who after they, they um, you know, when they come back uh, at night, they go to learn and uh, whatever. They're, they're not sitting and watching television. They're learning Torah, you know? And it's a and cool loving thing. It. And it's, and it's, yeah, and loving it, of course. And understanding that that's, that's the main part of our lives. That's the most important thing in our lives, Torah and mitzvah. So that's all because of the year in, in, in Israel. Huh. Only because of the year in Israel. There's now no the year in Israel, when you when you came, right, it wasn't even so popular yet, right? right. It wasn't it wasn't as popular as now. It wasn't like a hundred percent went, but it was already becoming bigger. I mean, it was that's 1982, 83 is when right. I went to, to Israel from my year. Um, you know, my brother had gone, so it was already. But but even that, my oldest brother, yeah. he only went for six months. Right. Only for six months at the end of high school. It really, so then that was the late 70s. It was not yet the, you know, the in thing to do. Some people did, but some people, most people didn't, I would say. It was around my time when it started becoming like the thing to do. Like most people would, would go, but not everybody. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's really what changed my life. And, and especially in the issue of Aliyah, I, oh, that, that's, really the, that's really where the story, story starts. So you were planning on going to Yeshiva University? Uh, yeah, I think I was going to go to YU. Yeah, that was, yeah. I, I didn't want to go to a secular... Uh, well, I'm, j I'm asking from the perspective of the year in Israel not being a quote-unquote waste of time. Like, you uh, knew going into your year in Israel that it was going to count toward your credits to graduate sure. college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was went, important. Yeah, it was important. <laughs> and you know what, I think that that actually touches on something very important also, which I, you know, I hope we'll get to, I think we'll get to. Um, like, I, I did not uh, think for a moment that I would go to a secular college. Um, and, th and that's because one thing, and I think this is one of the main reasons why, when I w my eyes were open to the idea of Aliyah, to the importance of Aliyah, um, I, I grabbed it right away, which I'll tell the story in a second. Okay. But um, because I grew up with anti-Semitism, I, I mean, nothing. You actually felt I'm not, it. Yeah, I'm not talking about, you know, being beat, beaten up and, you know, things like that. But I was afraid to go, you know, to go down the street because there were, you know, a bunch of kids on that corner who would hang out and say, you know, dirty whatever, dirty Jew, whatever. And, you know, I knew I was a Jew and I knew that I was hated by the people around me, mm -hmm. by many people around me. Of course, we had nice neighbors also, but... Growing up as a kid, I was, it was a very big part of my, of my upbringing. You know, I remember one day, you know, it was a snowy day, and then a bunch of goyim came over and, you know, started making snowballs and throwing it at us really hard and, like, hurting us, Like, you know? specifically, specifically at you guys. Specifically, and, and because, you know, to, you know, to... So, nothing big. I understand. But, but I knew that I didn't... I knew deep down that I didn't belong, and that's why 
I wasn't going to go to a second account. I'm not going to go. I don't want to be around Goyim. That's for right. sure. I don't want to be around non-Jews. I want to be with Jews. I love Jews, and I, you know, I want to be. But I want to be in America. Like, why would I want to be in Israel? You know. You know, you know it's funny. I remember when 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 I was a kid. I was probably seven years old, and someone painted swastikas on our driveway. Wow. This was in Stanford, Connecticut. So, so of course, I remember my dad standing in the driveway waiting for the police to show up. But there's something about growing up in the U.S. that you just sort of brush it aside. You mm -hmm. say, like, wow, that was, they did that to us because we're Jews. But then the next day, you're just playing outside with the same kids who maybe one of their brothers did it. or Like, right. you just don't know because right. that's just growing yeah. up in the States. Yeah, so I didn't play with, I, I don't think I ever, that's not true, actually. I was on, I was on a, a Little League baseball, <laughs> I was, and I, and I did play with, the, but that was very... Um, out of the ordinary for me, and it right. was strange for me, and I didn't feel comfortable. I only played one season, and I, I really did not uh, feel comfortable being around. I never felt comfortable really being around. even playing and, baseball. You yeah. felt like there's something different. Yeah. Oh, here. for sure. They, they 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 would make comments. They would they would right. they would say things for sure. Wow. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, this again. I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I. I Maybe now it's different, but like let's say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when I would go around and speak and you know go teaching my yeshivot, and I would say things like that. They were like, the students would be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like they they did not feel anti-Semitism at all, and I think that that's one of the reasons why it was so hard to convince them that they should make aliyah because they didn't feel maybe because you know it became less um, acceptable. To be anti-Semitic. For a while. Or to be it seems to be in fashion again. Now. Yeah, okay. No, but them, there, but those are like, you know, crazy anti-Semites, you yeah. know. But the, the, yeah. the, the cultured, a cultured person True. is like also, he's not a bigot. He's not, you know, he's not going to, you know, certain words, uh, certain words we, that we would say when we would talk about black people. Right. We would never, I mean, you would ne we, we, we use those words. Oh, when we I never up. did. I never did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, My but, father once but, said to me, like, you know, don't ever say that word again. And, and I did. Wow. I stopped. But, yeah. but you know what? It, that was at a time and it was, it was okay. And, and there was, it was a very a, different and nowadays, I think, more, more in like, the last 10, 20 years, there's less tolerance for such things, which, of course, is a good thing. Sure. It's a good thing. But on the other hand, in terms of, you know, students wanting to make Aliyah, when they come to, they come to Israel, it's like, why? What am I missing in America? I have everything. I have everything. My neighbor, you know, my neighbor, I've never been called a, a bad name ever. I never experienced anti-Semitism in my life. Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, yeah. with all this background, I, Baruch Hashem, thank God, did make it to Israel for my year. Where'd you go? Beit Midrash Torah, BMT. Ah, okay. Which was affiliated with YU, no? Or was it just it was sort of like... It was in the same building. Ah, it was okay, in the fine. same building as the YU campus. doesn't exist anymore. Israel. It does not exist anymore. But it really was the mother of all, of all American yeshivot. Interesting. I mean, there was, of course, Shalavim and Gush and Ken, Ken Biavne had an American program. Right. But it wasn't an American yeshiva just for Americans. This was the first American yeshiva really just for Americans, and it's, it closed down because it spawned so many other copycats right. that it just couldn't exist anymore. And you know today how many yeshiva there are out there for American kids it's sure. all over the place. Sure. It, all, it all really started with BMT, and BMT was extremely Zionistic. They had really... Like in really, your face. 
not just it, it, not it, just an yeah. assembly with falafel at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, in in your face, really in your face. We had we had uh, two rabbin specifically that I I was very close with, uh, who were Merkaz Arav. Um, products. Products. I mean, they, live, they learned under see who to cook. Wow. And, you know, they didn't hold back anything. They just, you know, they would say whatever, you know, needed to be said. Um, but then again, they had, you know, more Haredi rabbis, but, you know, it was a balance, but uh, definitely, you know, pushing Aliyah was, was uh, on the agenda. Right. And this is why it's so interesting, because already, I would say a month into the year, all of my friends were like, you know, oh, we're making Aliyah for sure. We're all, like, already they were, they were bitten by the bug, so to say. They got it. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, why? Still wasn't happening It was, did not happen. It did <laughs> not happen. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not, you're not going to believe what it was. It, what it was, okay? So this is about, again, a month or two into the year. And I'm still, you know, holding out. I am not giving in to, to what all my friends uh, are, are gung-ho already making. But you're doing out. your learning. You're, you're, uh, you're whatever. Oh, okay. You're I'm having fun having, in Israel. Having fun in Israel, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do, going sure. to Shear, sure. whatever, but, you know, also, you know, doing things that... Ben Yehuda Street, Thursday to, nights. Yeah, I'd rather not talk about, but, uh, <laughs> you know, a typical American kid. You know, you don't come to Israel and then all of a sudden, you know, from out in one day. Right. Um, it's, a long, it's a long process. So, um, one day, and here it is. This, is, this is the moment. This is the moment. So how many months into the year are you at this point? I don't remember exactly, but I'll say around two. Okay, so this is still before towards, Hanukkah? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's towards the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah. The yeshiva took us to a place called Martefa Shoah, which I think still exists, the uh, Chamber of the Holocaust. It's in the old city, somewhere on Hartzion. I haven't been there. Okay. Hartzion. And it, it's like one of these Holocaust museums, but it's, it's a little bit atypical. But, um, and, and there was an exhibit called the, which I, this I'm sure doesn't exist anymore, but it was called the potential, or maybe the whole museum was called the Museum of the Potential Holocaust. Oh, I've heard about yeah, this. The Museum of the Potential Holocaust, where they have Like what would have happened? No, 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 oh, no. would have happened. Oh, okay, okay. No, the Sorry, potential. I'll, I'll let you talk. Potential, meaning right. what is going on in America oh. that you guys don't even know about. And they, and they had all these clippings from newspapers about the Ku Klux Klan and, 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 and you know, Nazi, uh, Nazi, neo-Nazis in America and, you know, all those kind of things. And then they showed a movie which showed this. It wasn't just clippings. It was like, mamish. it was, I don't know, should I be speaking more English words? It's explain? fine. Okay. It's fine. Um, I'm just having a conversation. Yeah, no, 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 I just, I don't want to, uh, some people might not understand the, 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 the lingo. Okay. They'll get, they'll get the context. Okay. So, um, you know, a movie like actually showing, you know, these You can these curse also crazy, if you want, by the way. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> these crazy, uh, you know, neo-Nazi Ku Klux Klan people, you know, cursing out Jews and, you know, all these crazy things. And after the movie, this woman who was our, I guess, our tour guide, stands up in front of the group. Okay, we all watched the movie and now we're, we're finished. And now, and now there's a discussion. And she says, what should we do about this? And as if being guided by providence, right. my hand raised up and I said, we all have to move to Israel. And that was it. 
that was the moment. It was like, you know, you talk about turning on a dime. Yeah. Like a dime, like you can't imagine. It was the moment that changed my life. It changed my life forever. From that moment on, I've never looked back. I've never wanted more. It, is, it has been the most important thing to my, in my life from that second on. That second, that split second. 18 years old. It has been, yeah. Yeah, Maybe even 17. Was, no, no, I was still 18. No, I, got, I came when I was 18. I turned 19 later in the year. No, okay. I was still 18. That was the moment that that changed my life. That was it. I, said, I just understood. Like, you know, and again, this is connected to what we were saying before, the anti-Semitism. Yeah. Because I felt anti-Semitism. Now, tell me something. Now, now, let's think about this for a second. Is it rational? Is there really a worry that there's going to be a Holocaust in America, blah, blah, blah? Honestly, no. Well, I, I mean, there there may be, but, yeah, but this be is this is this is 1983, 82, or whatever. And okay, probably, and here we are, yeah. 2021. Like whatever that was trying to depict hasn't played out yet. Right, exactly. So here we are, right, 40 exactly. years later, we're right. still not there. Right. Even if maybe someday we will be. Who knows? Right. God forbid. Right, right. But I could talk but, about uh, that for a, at length, but that you know. But not, that's incredible. But it, 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 what it was was a an eye opener, right? And it's funny. I don't use that very often when I speak and try to convince students to make aliyah. I don't use that because it's dangerous, and but people, some people don't like it, and some people it doesn't talk to everybody, and, and they're scare tactics. Some people is like, no way, you know, they're not going to scare me, whatever. But to me, it did it. It did it. It just opened my eyes. It, 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 and from that moment, like, as I said, like I never felt anti-Semitism in, in Israel. I just felt like, like I was, I belonged. Like I was part of a big family. Like we all, we were all brothers and sisters. I mean, I even remember there was, you know, one incident where, you know, there were a bunch of bullies. We were working on Ben Yehuda. I don't remember. You know, a bunch of right. Jewish, Jewish sure. real bullies, whatever they were. And it was a very unpleasant situation. I mean, I didn't get in a fight with them because they would have killed me. I'm not strong. <laughs> you know, but I, like, I remember feeling so low and so everything. And, you know, but, but it's different. It's not anti-Semitism. It, right. it, it's just a bunch of jerks, you know, <laughs> uh, that have, you know, we have people like that all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But I, I always felt like I never felt... Um, uh, um, what's, what's the word? Uh, um, Self-conscious about the fact that I'm wearing a kippah. I, I, I felt that you know this is where we belong. Everyone wears kippah, so you can wear a kippah. And I just it all it all everything that again I guess my friends had seen up until then. I just needed that wake up call. And okay, that was so the wake up call. I think it was already. I think it was already during that year, where I said, "Okay, so I, so Aliyah is now the number one most important thing in my life, but I still want to be a da. I still want to, you know, I still want to be rich. I still want to have money. So what should I do if I'm going to live in Israel? And supposedly doctors, it's it's all socialized, and doctors aren't the most the richest people there. So you said, I said, "Okay, so I'll become a dentist. What does it make? Because dentistry is not socialized. That's right. So th that's when I switched from doctor to dentist. I'm fun. I'm not, like, and I'm getting old, and I don't remember <laughs> whether it was that year or was the uh, next year, which we're gonna get. We'll get to like the upcoming years. At some point, and I think it was already that year. I decided, okay, what's the big deal to me? Like, I, I don't care if I'm being a doctor or a dentist. Just something in the medical field because I'm good in science and I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'll be a dentist. What does it make a difference to me? Because of Israel. Right. Right? Um, okay, so then we go back, then I go back for the summer. 
And it's funny you said, like, you know, did you send a, a telegram or whatever, <laughs> one of those aerograms to yeah. my parents? But I do remember very, so I didn't, but I do remember very clearly when we got one, you know, Shabbos, uh, you know, saying something like, you know, why didn't you make Aliyah? Why, why don't we look, why don't we live in Israel? I should have been born in Israel. I should have been, grew up in Israel. Like, you know, right after the Holocaust, how could we, like, after the Holocaust, how couldn't Jews have understood that we have to pick up and move on? So, like, it, again, it became my thing. And, yeah. and, and you know, I... I don't. I wouldn't say I got into arguments with my parents. My parents had no problem with me making aliyah. They they were not against me making aliyah. Just you have to be. Uh, you know, you have to get a degree. And, I was, and, and at that point, I was going to get a degree. I was right. going to go to you know college and and become a, a doctor, eventually a dentist, etc. Um, yeah. So then, so I got I got back. I went to. Uh, so all right. A little little part of the story is that. Uh, I missed Israel so badly when I got when that I came summer. back that summer. That summer, I'm trying to think. Oh my gosh! So okay, that summer actually I took some courses because I wanted to you know try to finish up and to get like, a head start. Like, to get a head start, so I, <laughs> right. so I took some science in, in, in Rutgers, which is near my house, Rutgers, Newark, um, and then I decided like I can't I can't I can't be here because that's funny. We were getting back to the discussion before. I'm, I'm with Goyim, except for the seven Jews who were taking the uh, chemistry with me. And we all got the seven highest marks, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah, of course. Oh wow. gosh, if I was in your class, it would have it been seven out of eight getting the highest. <laughs> it was just, it was just, it's a different culture. Like we would just go home and we'd study, study, study. You're taking a whole year of chemistry into one summer. Right. And, and But the guy would go on, you know, they'd go and have their parties and whatever. Sure. It's, it's just a different culture. Anyway, yeah. but like, you know, besides the seven Jews, we were, I was around Goyim and I like, I, I don't like being around non-Jews. You know, I'm saying, I, I just Such don't feel comfortable. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very big part. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's a very big part of it. I don't, I don't have anything against them. Like, there are some very nice non-Jews. No, I understand, I, I understand. But it, just, just you know, saying, from a very young feel, age, this yes, is a consistency. I, yeah, I never felt comfortable around them. So I decided that's it. I, 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 I have to get back. I can't. I can't. I can't just, I have to do Shanabet. I have to release Shanabet. Right. And I even booked a flight. My parents, again, my parents were fine. They, my brother went All right, he did two and a half they're, years. They're okay. So they're okay. Yeah. You know. You still have some, learning still Torah, some time. Learning Torah is fine. Okay. So I, um, I booked a flight and then I was convinced by a certain significant other who we discussed before yeah. and not to do so and I, that's that's when so so I was you know again I wouldn't be convinced I, I convinced myself like I let myself being convinced which was bad because you know I wasn't I guess a hundred percent sure of yeah. myself and I just, so I ended up not not going that uh, Shanabet but that was also a very important part of my life because I was so upset that I didn't go back I so badly wanted. I so missed Israel, and I missed being. And I also, I also realized at that point already that you know it's not just Israel; it's also Torah. And it's funny because what happened was I came back to, for the summer, and my brother, a few years older than me, said, "Oh, let's let's have a chavrusa." Right, let's learn. Together. And we decided we decided we were going to learn Rambam. And he said, "Okay, read." And I was like. I couldn't read a Rambam. I couldn't, I couldn't read and translate After a Rambam. After that first year. After the first year. Because, again, I was doing other things also. I was, right. I was not full-time learning. Let's put it that way. And I was so upset at myself. I said, I can't believe I just wasted a year. And, I, you know, and, and that's why I so badly wanted to go back. 
but unfortunately I didn't, or fortunately, actually, in the long run, it was definitely, it was definitely this was good for me, it was a plan, because <laughs> what happened was, first of all, we ended up breaking up, and that was part of it, sure. you know, and, uh, you know, realizing that, you know, I want to become more from and live in Israel, and she doesn't, neither of those two, and therefore, that's, you know, it was part, it was part of it, part of it, but it was this drive from here and on to get back to Israel, to get back to Israel for, to do my Shana Bet, okay? Even though I was still on track to become a, to become a dentist, right. I was going to be a dentist, but I worked so hard during the year and on summers that I was able to finish YU in two years, besides my year in Israel, two years and right. two summers, Right. right, and some credits, really and hard. some credit, and some credits from high school. We had we we were lucky. We got you know we did some tests and uh, calculus or whatever. Right. I was able, able to graduate, and that was my whole goal. My whole goal was just get to Israel before I did dentist dental school. Go one more year and and you know and do my shana bet, and and I did. I also, really, I really did it. Yeah, no, so yeah, so I so I finished up and you know dental school everything, and I went to Israel. BMT or Gross. BMT Gruss, uh, Gruss is the, is the YU Colo. Yeah. That's the YU Colo, so I was already graduated, so I, you know, I'm, sure. I'm a Colo guy now. Yeah, right. Whatever. You know, <laughs> can't just, read a just stuck. No, but that, that, no. It happens to be in YU. I, I did learn. Oh, so I did learn then. decently, decently, but, uh, you know, I also had to take all these sciences. I was, sure. I was also busy with other things. So I went to. Um, I, I went to Gross BMT. It really was just going back to BMT. But officially, I was in Gross. I didn't have to pay or anything. It was great. Okay. It was great. Um, and the plan was that in, in, in December, I go back. I take my DATS, which is the dental school. Aptitude test. Aptitude test. Again, I'm getting old, so I don't remember if that's why I took the DATS. I guess so. No, it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been. I must have taken the DATS like like at some point uh, okay. before I left for Israel. It doesn't matter. Right. And then December was when I was going to go back to, to interview for, for dental school. Right. This was going to be a one year just, you know, shut up another year of learning, going back to Israel, which I so badly wanted. Right. And, um, um, and then, uh, and that was the plan. So we did that. I say we, by the way, because a good friend of mine also did it with me. We, you were on the we, same we plan? Both, yeah, we were on the same plan, basically. Yeah, we were on the same plan. Okay. Uh, actually, literally, like dental school, the same thing. He wanted to be a doctor. His father's a doctor. He wanted to be a doctor. Sa almost the same, same exact uh, story. Uh, it ended up our lives, you know. He we're stayed still, We're still very close, but, you know, very far. But uh, He stayed there. He stayed there. Okay. Yeah, okay, whatever. Maybe we can get to that at a different time. But... Um, <clears throat> We go back in, in, in December right, for to interviews. go for interviews. Now, I should say one more thing, and that is while I was going back to Israel, my other friend, a lot of other friends who, again, the funny thing is so many of us had this idea. Forget about medicine. We'll be dentists. It's better in Israel. We'll, we, we had a whole slew of people, like a whole group of people who did this. And so some of them, me and my friend, we, we came became for another year of learning. But, but my other friends went straight to dental school. Right. Okay. Now, one of them was getting married. And when we came back in December, it was Bidiuk, his, his, uh, his Ufruf. So it was perfect. We come back and we, 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 spent, we spend the Ufruf with him. 
Now here it is. This is also a very important part of my life. Um, this Ufraf was convince Moshe not to in a billion years go to dental school. Dental school, they were, they were just in the beginning of dental school. Uh, right. Two or three of them, okay? One of them was the Hassan, right? Who ended up not being a dentist. Of all of us, one of them is, one of us is a dentist, okay? okay? Um, he, he, they were all so miserable. They were so miserable. Dental school is very hard, supposedly. Very, like, it's easy to get into, but, like, very, very demanding. And, uh, like, they called it hell. It was momish <laughs> hell. So you have to understand. Here I am, loving learning, finally, finally learning Kamoshe Tzarech as, as I should. Yeah. And, you know, I had a great Rebbe, and I just, every, it was perfect. I was, it was like Olam Haba. I'm in Eretz Yisrael learning Torah. And I go back to go for interviews from, for dental school, and all my friends say, why in God's name would you want to go to a place like this? This is hell. Wow. This is hell. Now, okay, so someone who really, their whole dream, all their lives has been to be a dentist, I could hear that, you know. So, okay, they go through a hard time in order sure. to, for the goal, you know. Sure. But for me, I never wanted to be a dentist. I wanted to be a doctor. And even when I wanted to be a doctor, it was only so that I could make a lot of money. Right. It wasn't because I love medicine so necessarily. Did they, so did they talk you out of it? Oh, my gosh, did they talk me out of it. They, they, it was such a powerful, it was, uh, again, it was like one of those moments in time that was like the most important. And it's, it's all like hashkacha pratit because... Right. He was happened to have been getting married, and I went to that Shabbaton, and we were together. Like we never would have been together. Otherwise, you would have just done the interviews. I would have gone to my parents' house. I would have gone home. You know, I wouldn't have been with them. Yeah. Maybe I would have talked to them a little bit, but not uh, literally. The whole Shabbos was convinced Moshe, don't do this. You don't want to do this. <laughs> you're crazy. Okay. So then. So then. So okay, you're out. So then. No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> so then I go back. Then I go back. I did my interviews, or whatever it was. I go back, and then it really starts. It's like. Why am I going to go back? Why am I going to do this? And it's going to be so many years. My love is Eretz Yisrael, and my love is Torah, and, and, and I'm so happy here. Why would I want to go back there to something that's so difficult, so many years, four years of dental school, then, you know, how many years to pay off all their debt, your debts and everything? It's like, what, am I going to get to Israel when I'm, when I'm 40, when I'm 35? <laughs> Who knows, you know? I, I, right. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see that happening. I could not see that happening. So what I did was, uh, it was, it was a very difficult decision, you have to understand. It was not simple, it was not simple. Something my, my whole life I always knew I was going to go in one direction. And because all of a sudden I'm starting to learn that, who knows I'm going to be a good teacher? Who, who knows? So, sure. you know, who knows I'm going to be able to, to learn? So, okay, right now I'm, I'm enjoying learning Gemara Bikiya. So, so does that, that mean I could be a good teacher, you know? Torah is very vast, you know, there's a lot of Torah out there. I still don't think I'm qualified at all, but um, certainly not to be a, like a real rough. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, it was a very wrenching decision, and, but I finally decided, you know, I, oh, the interesting thing, I, I tell this also to my students, like, I didn't say, okay, that's it, I, I made my decision. It was, you know what, I am so un, uncertain that I want to be a dentist that I'm going to take one more year. One more year of learning. Okay. One more year of learning. We'll see if it goes well, and maybe I'll try to like teach a little bit also, because I was in yeshiva with the younger guys. I'll try to teach them and uh, see how it goes, and give shiurim here and there. And and you know, as I always say to people, so that one year turned into four four years. You know, I ended up just staying and staying and going, right. you know, continuing learning and uh, becoming a madrich in yeshivot and eventually going to shalvin for a year. Okay, hold on. Anyway, so, so uh, this whole thing, <laughs> this. 
you just ran through like five years in 20 seconds? Is that what we're talking yeah, about here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was all the same. That okay. was all so, like and just learning. And, so you're and like, I thought, by the way, I thought that was it. I'm, I'm in Israel forever. I, I made Aliyah, but without actually changing my status. Right. But I made the decision. I'm not going back to America. I am staying in Israel for the rest of my life, learning Torah, eventually going to teach. That, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a teacher, and, which is great. Okay. And I sent a letter. That's when I sent a letter to my parents. And that was a, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, because again, my parents were great people and very from people, etc. But you know, I said this at my father's funeral. I don't know if you were there. I was. But um, I you know, that's when I got my, the, the the famous letter from my father, where you know he said, you know, for my mother it was very difficult because I was going to be the final. I was finally going to be the success story in the family, not a teacher. Everyone else, else is the teachers, education. and I was going to be a dentist and make some money. But my father wrote me the beautiful, most beautiful letter that, you know, you have to do what you want to do in life, and Torah is the, is, is the, is the great, you know, the best rizach is the best thing you could possibly do. You know, we're just concerned that, you know, you'll have a parnasah, but, you know, everything in parnasah is, is in Hashem's hand, etc., etc. So, anyway, that was over with. I am now on, on the, <laughs> the, the, the track to become a rabbi and to just sit and learn, etc., etc. So, where did you set up shop? So for the next wait, you're you're not married yet at this point? No, no, no. That's that's the next slide. Yeah. So so what happened was I made um, so again that this was the f this all happened the year after college, right? Which which I finished early. So it really is my last year of college, right? That was the year I came back and made all these decisions. I stayed another year. No, no, right? Because then I said I said. Okay, but if I want to become, you know, Israeli and everything, I'm not going to stay in an American yeshiva and never talk Hebrew, and I, you know, I have to become Israeli. So I, I went looking for, for yeshiva, and I ended up in Shalvim. I, I decided I really liked Shalvim, right. and I spent uh, close to a year there because it was very hard. It was very difficult because of socially. It was hard for me. That, that's, not, that's not the topic right here, but uh, no, it's a beautiful yeshiva. It's a great yeshiva. And of course, we all are, uh, you know, Mishtatev Mitzaharam. I mean, there was yeah. one, of their, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of their students died in the, uh, this terrible uh, tragedy in Meron. Right. So anyway, uh, I ended up, my son ended up marrying the daughter of the, uh, of the Mashkiach of Shalvin. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but so I went to Shalvin. That didn't work out again for social reasons because it was too far out and, and I started going out again. So it was very hard. And so I came back to Gross. Came back to Gross towards the end of that year and became a Madrich in BMT. And then for another year became a Madrich, was a Madrich for the whole for the whole next year. And I was just learning, learning and you know, starting already to take uh to test for the Rabbanut and everything. Right. But you asked about marriage. So yeah. you have to understand I'm already 24, I think, is, is old it, man. You know, and I, and I, and, I, and I, well, yeah, it's yeah, it wasn't it was not easy. Uh, going out, it's not like it is today. There are so many American girls, good American girls, who stay and are around. Then it was of like course, it was back like, then. It's like needle it was like, in a haystack. Yeah, and and yeah, it just was not working. It was not working. I, you know, but I, it did. I, you I, found one. No, not here. Oh, not she here. was in the states. Not here. So after. I guess you'd say three more, three years, one, two, three, I guess it was three years, um, uh, and not finding you know, my Basharat, and you know, it, it already becoming a point where it was difficult for me. 
So I decided to go back to America to try my luck. Okay? Interesting. And uh, actually some of the people who were with me in, in Gruss suggested that I go to Camp Ask. So, um, Got it. Like-minded people. Like-minded people and right. everything. And that's where I met my wife that summer. It was the first time I went so back. So you've gotten some incredible advice. Canada, Don't yeah. be a dentist and go to Camp Ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> what would have happened to you? Yeah, I know. So it's, it's no, Seriously. No great advice. It. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, you know, uh, and I'll put it this way. Okay, so I started going out with my wife. And, you know, came time when, you know, became serious. Yeah. And obviously, it was clear. Uh, one of the first things was, you know, I'm making aliyah. You know that. I mean, that's if 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 you're not making aliyah, there's nothing more to talk about. Sure. I mean, that is absolutely number one, most important thing. Uh, but that was obvious to her too. So Baruch Hashem. But then it came time to get engaged, and I said, I said to her, you know, for the last five years, four or five years of my life, you know, Israel has been, you know, the most important thing in my life. And, I can, and obviously, we're not getting married in Israel because my parents are here. All your parents relatives. Here, everyone's there. I, I mean, we're in America. That, that, that's where we were at the time. You know, by the way, I went back to YU to get smicha in YU. That, ah. that, that, that's what I was doing during, those, during okay. that year. So you have smicha from YU yeah. and from the Rabbanit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I said, we're not going to get married. I know we're not going to get married in Israel, but I can't see that such an important phase of my life, marriage and, you know, and, and, and engagement, is not going to have anything to do with Israel. So I said, I want to fly to Israel to get engaged. And we, we were the first ones who did it, and we were like, you know, it was big news, you know, when we did it. It was. We, liter we literally, yeah, we literally, you know, we only told one person just in case, you know, sure. and we basically eloped. I mean, obviously, not, not in that way, but we, you know, we, we snuck on a plane. We snuck on a plane. It was like, I think, um, around uh, Thanksgiving time, you know. Right. And we, we flew to Israel for three days. There were three days. Went yeah. straight from the airport to the hotel. That's where I popped the question, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, so at least, at least, you know, the beginning of our relationship, the, the solidifying, I guess, of our relationship was in Eretz Yisrael, right? Mul HaKotel HaMaravi. I'll tell you a beautiful story, okay? Yeah. So last year, last year when my son was going out with his wife, um, Rav Waxman's daughter, right? right. The, the Tamar Waxman. Um, so, so I was, and we knew that we were going to get engaged soon, okay? We yes. knew that I was getting very serious. And I was on my way to the old city to give a speech, which is, was very rare that at that, that time of the year, it was like in the middle of the year, that I was going to be go, giving a speech already. But whatever, for whatever reason, they, they asked me to come and speak earlier than usual. I usually speak this time of year, like after, you know, it's smooth. Sure, and, sure. and on my way, on the, on the train, I was on the train, on, the, on my way, in the late light rail, on the way, there, there's a picture of my son, who he's posting a picture of him and his fiance, whatever you want to call it, getting engaged in the exact same spot that my wife and I got engaged really? 30 years before. Even though they've expanded the plaza now, it was still the exact same no, spot? No, it's, 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 uh, it's above. It's in the old city ah, overlooking, looking, the, yeah, overlooking sure, sure, sure. the Koto. You know, that before you go down the steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not there, not there. The other the side. Other side. The other side. The other side. Like, like a, near where Nativarie is now. Near Nativarie, exactly, right. exactly. Got it. So it's so beautiful. That's like, incredible. You know, like he didn't say anything. Like that. But anyway, so we went there and we, we, we got engaged. And, uh, uh, okay, so uh, from my perspective, okay, you know, mission accomplished. I found my, I found my bashert. Let's get to Israel, right? That's it. Sure. I, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in America anymore. 
but she had one more year of nursing school. And, okay. you know, just logically, it didn't make sense not to do that. Maybe we, we need a panasa, you know. So, so we stayed one more year. So that was two, those two years. So basically, since, my, since high school, I mean, since um, my first year in Israel, right. I was in Israel except for two years of college and the two years of, you know, getting engaged and getting married, my first year of marriage. And ever since then, you know, and then, and then after those two years, my wife finished uh, nursing school, we immediately, immediately made Aliyah that summer. And that's when we officially made Aliyah. That was 1990. 1991, sorry. 1990 was the goal for. It was 1991. We got right. married in 1990, and 1991 is, the, uh, is when we made Aliyah. 30, 30 years ago. Uh, 31 years ago it'll be. Yeah, sorry, right, because it's 2021. Yeah. Exactly 30 years ago. Wow. Okay, so we'll, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk later about uh, what you're going to do to celebrate 30 years here. But but <laughs> yeah. uh, but before that, so you've you've had 30 years here. So you've you know you've raised all your kids here. You've had your your entire let's call it career mm -hmm. as as a as a teacher as a rav has been here. Mm -hmm. um, what's it been like? And what I mean by that is, uh, based on how you grew up and what your life is here, talk a little bit about, like, just what's day-to-day -day life like? Is it, thinking back, is it, is it so different than it would have been back then, other than not having a basketball court in your yard? Or is it, or is it you know, talk about the differences, talk about the similarities, talk about life. I think it is night, night and day. Okay. I think it is totally different. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing about it that, that would be similar. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be as from, I wouldn't be as um, idealistic. Put it this way, put it this way. Obviously, life is not simple. There are, there are ups and downs, there are hardships, there's No matter where you are. Wherever you are, sure. financial difficulties, I, say, I would say, is like, you know, the main thing in my life, at least. Let's say, um, but one thing for sure, I have such a menuchat nefesh, knowing that I'm doing what I what I want to do and I, what I what I always dreamed to do, like such a, a a like I never look back. I never have like these doubts. Like maybe I should have, ne not even for a split second. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a, a story that uh, that happened to uh, one of my good friends, who the, the one that did become a dentist, <laughs> <laughs> the only one that became a dentist. So, so all of those friends of mine ended up not making aliyah. Okay, right. I, I have I have one actually. You know, he's a ghost marshal. He's like one of my my childhood friends who who did make aliyah. Most most did not. Um, so one time, you know, they they would come a lot. Uh, and they actually own an apartment, an apartment now. Thank God, you know, they, they, they're still very Zionist. They really want to live here, et cetera. But, you know, it's going to be more and more like re retirement now. Yes. Um, but before that, so they used to come, you know, for the kids' bar mitzvahs and, you know, various different things. So one time they came, and I think it was one of the bar mitzvahs, and, you know, they invite all their friends to come with them, and they have, like, a whole tiyul with them. And so they took us to... Um, where, where is it? In, in the Gush, what's it called? Um, Kvaratzion. Sure. You know the Kvaratzion, that whole thing? The museum. The museum in Kvaratzion. Unbelievable. Okay, unbelievable. It's on the short list of <sighs> most amazing yeah, 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 yeah. moment-in-time yeah. experiences yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, have yeah. in this country. Yeah, yeah, so, so. 
So he he's there with his whole family and his, and his wife, of course. And you know, you go through that thing. I don't want to give it away to anybody. Don't give it been away. There. Don't give it but away. But whatever. It, it, it's a real tearjerker yes. at the end. Like Something real, important happens. Yes, a real <laughs> tearjerker. Okay, so we come out and he is bawling. Right. Bawling. This is a 40-something-year-old man, big guy, good basketball players, muscular, <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to say. Seemingly successful in life. Very right? successful. He yeah. is very successful yeah. in life. Yeah, yeah. He is very su successful in life. He's a great guy. Bawling like a baby. Right. And what did he say? What, what does he say? He says to his wife and everyone who was around him, he Can says, I guess? What? What are we doing? No, he said something like, oh, okay. you know, this was, this, was like a, this was like a big place for them, like in their relationship. I think, I think they met in, in the year in Israel. Actually, they, they went to high school together. But they, and they really started going out in the year in Israel, and they had yeah. done this. And, and, you know, that's where they, you know, they also decided that we're going to definitely make Aliyah, and, you know, because it's a very powerful experience. Sure. Like, you know, anyway, and they were like, he, he was saying things like, you know, like 20 years ago, you know, we were here, and we said we were going to make Aliyah. And here we are, we're still not maybe we're still going to make Aliyah and all that. And I said to myself, I don't understand how he lives with himself. It's I, devastating. I, I, how does he live with himself? Like, he, he has, he, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, again, great life, beautiful house, nice job, everything. And again, he's still very Zionist, again, totally yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's really one of the greatest guys I know. <laughs> but, but that one thing, like, deep down... He is. He is. Doesn't have that menuchat and that shlemut to know that he's right. doing. He's living his life. His dream, his dream. I, I. I don't have. I. I live every day. I live my dream. I mean, I'm living in Israel, which is what I want to do. I'm living the dream of, you know, of, of generations of Jews, you know, before me who would have given anything to be able to do this. Like, I don't care all the hardships that I have. It's nothing is going to, you know, is going to over. Power that day in and day out feeling of I am where I belong. It's right. just there's nothing that there's nothing that can compare to it. What What do you think about when you look at at your kids and the lives they're leading versus the life you led when you were a teenager and and you know heading into that year in Israel? What do you um, think about? There's nothing. <laughs> there's there. It, that's that's honestly like one of, one of the questions you asked later. You know that, that we're going to talk about is yeah. I, I we forget, can address it now. Go ahead. Yeah, I forget which one it was. It was um, bringing tears to your eyes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which thing brings tears of joy or pride? It's like it's my kids. It's like how how unbelievable they have grown up. How how mature they are. How you know. Kashur connected to Am Yisrael and to Eretz Yisrael and, and everything they are. It's like, it's, you know, I know that I started learning late. I started, you know, becoming a you know, serious Torah Jew late in my life, late in the 20s, okay, but you know, you missed 20 years. That's a lot to miss, you know? <laughs> True. And, and, and I see them and like they are the fulfillment of everything I wanted to be. Like my, my, son, like my big thing was also to finish Shas. I finished Shas when I was what it was it was around 50 I forget which which what age it was it was around 50 and um, maybe a little bit before 50 um, and, and and one of my sons finished Shas when he was 20 like right. Right. that's like that is my dream like everything like just the way they yeah it, it, there is uh, are there similarities of what I would have my life would have been like uh, very few similarities very so few I mean it is this this is the life this is um, 
You know, this is a dream come true. Wow, yeah. it's a dream come true. Again, even though there are hardships, even though it's not simple. My life is not always simple, but um, I don't think anybody has. I would rather have this problem of, you know, financial difficulties or something else than not, than not feeling that I'm living my dream. Right. I want to I shift gears for a second, okay? Right. Because you've done, a lot of, you've done a lot of translating and you've done a lot of writing. And a, and a lot of research goes into all of that, obviously. Mm-hmm. as the basis of all of that. Mm-hmm. I want to name some of the Sfarim that you've worked with or that you've written yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to give me like one or two sentences on like what each one means to you. You ready? Okay. An Angel Among Men, the biography of Rav, uh, Rav, Rav Cook. Cook. Which unfortunately is out of print. I, I'm lucky to enough to have yeah, one. Yeah, we have to get it back in print. Ah... What is One or two it sentences. Mean to me? So, you know, it really opened my eyes to who Ruf Cook was. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know. I mean, I, I obviously, from my rabbeim, I understood he was great, but I never realized how great. And, you know, my favorite parts of the book are, are the, um, the Aliyah. I mean, he wasn't only about Aliyah. He wasn't only about Eretz Israel. He was about, you know, Kol Tarakuli, literally sure. everything. Um, it's an incredible book. But, yeah, it is incredible. Some of the stories there it's are It's a comprehensive, such, unbelievable book. so powerful that his love of Eretz Yisrael, yeah. I, was a, uh, I feel a tremendous chos to be able to have made that available to, you know, to, to open up the world of Rav Kook to, to other people. Okay, next one. Me'afar Kumi. Me'afar Kumi, Rise from the Dust. Um, also, very, very special book. I mean, this is the one you said to me. I'm working yeah. on a book. Yeah. This is the slam dunk, <laughs> where there's nowhere to hide. Everyone's going to... But yeah, you want to know why. You want to know why, because it's written by a 20-year-old kid who right. unfortunately was killed, sure. uh, actually. In Chevron. Chevron almost, uh, this is your side is coming up. Um, he, you know, when you get older, you start, you know, learning how to be politically correct, and, you know, you hold things back because, you know... <laughs> he was 20. He was just saying what was on his mind. He didn't care. And, and and it comes out very very powerful and because all text based and okay so yeah it's all text based yeah yeah exactly he would have been he would have been a tremendous gunner uh, if he would have uh, not been killed so yeah that's a powerful book uh, it's funny because you know a lot of these books that one and Amy Bynspechowitz I'm sure you're going to get to you know are books that I told you that BMT was Zionistic like it was so Zionistic that I knew that those were books that I had to get right. you have to own Amy Bynspechowitz you have to own Amir Kumi. Can you read it yet? No. I couldn't read either of them. Right. Right? Right. But I had them. Because of that, I had them. And that's why yeah. I eventually translated them. Okay. Yeah. Next. Eretz Yisrael and the Parsha, which you wrote yourself. That I wrote myself. Yeah. That's, uh, that's become very, it's very popular. Um, it, one or two words about it. Uh, you know, I put my all into it. I, uh, I really... That's me. That is, you know... That's me talking and you know, telling everybody why you should make Aliyah. But, you know, not as opposed to what I just said, you know, sure. being you know, without any filters. I do have filters. I understand that people are going to be turned off if I start, you know, saying you're a shagitz for a living. There's, an, <laughs> there's another book, on, uh, not called cool, Arizona Parsha, but very similar on Parsha, by a rabbi who is really harsh. I mean, he just says things. He doesn't care. <laughs> Uh, well, there are many books uh, by another yeah. rabbi who didn't care what people thought. His name yeah. was Mary Kahana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's funny. And with a lot of similar messages and points. It's funny you say that because I'm talking about Rav Nachman Kahana. His brother. Oh, okay. His brother. Yeah. Okay. His stuff is amazing. But 
I don't think it has the same impact because people are just going to, they're not going to, they're not going to hear it. It has tremendous impact yeah. for, people for people who are one type. Yeah, exactly. And then for exactly. the other type, it's like, goodbye. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, people have made Aliyah or, or stayed in Israel because of that book. Many wow. People. I've gotten emails and stories, phone calls, and yeah. Okay. Thank God. So, uh, you have, a, there's a whole list of books. I'm not going to, I'm not going to name them all, but... I want to just tell you a quick thing about Anobani Smecha and then get your one or two sentences about mm -hmm. that one. When we lived in Baltimore, I had a friend there who walked up to me one day and he said, there's this book. It's called Anobani Smecha. It's been translated into English. And I, I may not have even told you that about this years ago, but he said, I want to pay for every Jewish home to have this book. Everybody needs to read this book. If everybody reads this book, everybody's going to come to Israel. <laughs> so, of course, I go right to the bookstore and I buy the book. This was before I was thinking about making Aliyah. Wow. It was, it's not the reason I made Aliyah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was only after we moved to, Balt, to, to, uh, to Beit Shemesh, I, I've told you this story, where, where, where I did the radio show at Arut Sheva, the Aliyah show, and I show up to our shul in Beit Shemesh for the first time, and, and I introduce myself to you just because I'm a new guy in a shul and there's this guy sitting there. <laughs> Hi, my name is Goel Jasper. I just moved here. You say, I'm Moshe Lithman. You look very familiar to me. And I was all filled with ga'ava because, oh, yeah, this guy, this, this guy in shul knows me from my radio show. That's how <laughs> impressive I am. I have this radio show, well, yeah. And then it was maybe a month later, a month and a half later, I opened up Ehonami Smecha. And he's a, he's I was like, name. translator, right? <laughs> Moshe Lichtman, I'm like, I am nothing. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Anyway, so, so, Eon uh, Smecha, we also learned it in Baltimore, like we, and we, Dafka, learned the Hebrew version because we wanted to, to understand the reality. And mm -hmm. Anyway, an incredible Sefer, but I want to hear from you. There's nothing like it. I always say to the, you know, when I, what is when it I introduce about? what is it about it? What is it, it about it, it, it? It's the, first of all, you know, all of my sperm are very nice, but I am a nobody, okay? I might have written a nice safer for on the parasha, but who am I? Okay, so I'm some rabbi, okay? So I quote some things, great. He was a gadol hador. He was one of the greatest rabbis alive. If he would be alive today, he'd be the greatest rabbi alive, okay? That's how great his Torah knowledge was. From Hungary. Uh, from Hungary. That's number one. Number two, and the main thing is that he's writing it during the Holocaust, and he's telling you, he's telling you, I'm hiding from that. I'm hiding now, so I can't write. So I'm writing without books, so I can't quote the exact source. And then he goes on to quote the exact <laughs> source. But um, it, there's nothing. There is just nothing uh, more powerful than that book. Uh, anybody who has a real, who's really honest with himself, it cannot be the same person after reading that book. You cannot. Just read it like you read, uh, I don't know, um, you know, Harry Potter, and you just go on with life. Like, what? Well, it doesn't affect you. If if it doesn't affect you, there's something wrong with your soul. There's something seriously wrong with you. Uh, you might not necessarily pick up the next day and make Aliyah because of various reasons, but you will definitely, you know, understand why you should, and it should it should change your life. And um, and the funny the funny thing is though how I got how I started. So it was the Shavuos before we made Aliyah. So like you right. said, you know, I was making Aliyah anyway. This not, <laughs> you, you already heard the whole story why I was going to make Aliyah. 
But you know, Shavuos is a time where you stay up all night and you learn. And I never liked it. I never was, was good at staying up at night. And, uh, but, you know, everyone else is doing it. So I, I go to Shul and uh, I said, I have to find something to learn, like, you know, that's going to excite me, you know, something different. I'm not just going to learn Gemara or Mishnah or whatever. So I decided, you know what, this book that I have had, and actually I tried to start reading it at some point, right. but I stupidly started with the introduction, not his introductions. His oh. introductions are amazing. I'm talking about the introductions of the publishers, right. you know, all the historical background and everything, and my Hebrew wasn't good enough yet to really understand. I was like, I got so lost and I just put it down. And this time I said, uh, you know what, Shavuos night, I'm going to start reading it and I'm going to skip all that stuff and I go right to the book. Oh my God, th that was like, that was unbelievable. I actually finished it when I made, uh, after I made Aliyah. Right. And that's when I, I went straight to Mivaser Zion, to the Kolel, and I noticed that one of the thank yous was to Rav Uri Cohen, who was my Rosh Kolel. And I said, what do you have to do with this book? He said, my son put it out. And my son, who is now my good friend, Danny Cohen. Um, he's also the one who put out the one on Rav Cook, and you know he's he's a publisher. I mean, right. now he does other things, but he was a publisher, and, um, and and I said to him, I said this book has to be translated, not because I was going to do it. I'm just I said this book has to be translated. Someone has to get this thing. He said, I already have a translation. I just uh, you know someone or someone already translated it. We're just you know looking for funds or whatever it is. You know, oh no no, I think we're just looking to have it uh, have it uh, edited. Okay. Edited, so okay. I said, you know what? Oh, oh, and he actually had found someone already, and he said, do you mind just looking at, you know, just to make sure that they're, you know, what they're doing? Stop as an American, you know. Yeah. I, I, so I, I, I took what, what he gave me, and I said, stop them immediately. Stop them. Right. It is awful. It oh, is gosh. terrible. <laughs> it is worse to put it out with this with translation. A bad translation than to put the, the, the without a translation. Without at a translation all. at all. And I, he immediately stopped them. I said, this is just terrible. They're, they're, they're not doing anything. So look, there's a whole story behind it, why, why it came out so bad and whatever. I, you know, doesn't matter. The point is, so I, just, so I said, listen, I've never done this before, but I'll, I'll try. I'll try to edit it. It was going to be editing, because again, the, the translation was already done. But after a chapter, I realized, like, I'm just... I'm just rephrasing. You're doing all the work I'm anyway. I'm doing it from right? scratch anyway. Right. Like maybe I'm using two words out of every sentence. Like <laughs> let me just start. Let me just ignore the other translation and do my own. And that's how I got into translating. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now the the there was a conscious decision to work on translating books about Zionism, or like what was? Is there some sort of core philosophical guide here, or is it just like? Oh, this book needs to be translated. Oh, this book needs to be translated. But what's, what's so, your philosophy there? So again, I, I, I already told you about Emily Smith. That's how I yeah. fell into it. I really fell into it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think I was going to do anything after that. It was, that was it. It was a one-time thing. And I'm going to go <laughs> back to my learning. And then I read by the same publisher, my friend Donnie Cohen, I read the one on Ruff Cook. And I said, wow, it's really a great book also. That should really be translated. So I... By the way, it's a similar story. There was already a translation. Awful job. <laughs> Started it from scratch. And uh, me, me a translation, not that it came out yet, but he had a translation. Someone had translated it. Uh, and it was an awful job. And I, I did it. And then, and then already, so after that already, it became like, you know, hey, maybe I should do this. Maybe this should be my side thing. Yeah. Still teaching, you know. Right, you sure. can't really make money doing this. 
You make a little money afterwards when you sell some books, but it's not right. the kind of thing you can... Uh, you can't depend on you it. You can't really depend on it. So, you know, one by one, uh, one book after another book fell into my you know, lap. I read it. I, I really liked it. I, I contacted the author, etc. cetera. Uh, that's really how it is. So how many, how many books is it at this point? So... In terms of translation. Yeah. Not, 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 in, not including written books. I mean, that's also... The, oh, that's, a different, two, right. that's a different question. No, but the two that I wrote was Eretz on the Parish and A Drop, and in, a the drop in the Ocean. Sure. Okay. Volume um, two on its way? No, no. no. Oh, okay. No. There's something else on its way, but whatever. Uh -huh. Okay. There's, again, there's Everybody Smith, An Angel Among Men on, on Rav Cook. There's A Question of Redemption. Sure. Which I also have. Uh, wonderful. Uh, Rise from the Dust. Right. Um, what did I miss? What did I not say? I said those two. Wait. Everybody Smith, Rise from the Dust. That's five so far. Um, there is... <laughs> question of Redemption. Arise from the dust. Arise uh, on the uh, parasha, uh, drop in the ocean. And uh, okay, now there's also you, you, might, you, you might, yeah, that's five. Okay, but you might not know, but I also translate one of our Malamed's Penina uh, Halacha. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I translated one of those. The one huh. my name is Minor Holidays, so yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. others, but it also has the Yom Yomasmut and Yom Yishalayim. Beautiful. Um, I also did another book having nothing to do with Israel. It's called uh, What's the Purpose. Um, yes, I've seen that one too. I don't have that one, but I saw it somewhere, yeah, maybe in the shul. Cute, I don't know. Book. Yeah, probably in the shul. Um, right, right. It's like almost like a pamphlet. It's a small, yeah, it's a small thing. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so there's another classic which which I've always wanted to do, and it's called Ayelet Shachar by Rav Yaakov Filber. Right, it's a classic, classic, and religious Zionist. Uh, really, it's even more classic. In fact, I was supposed to do that before Question of Redemption, but then Question of Redemption fell into my hands, and I saw. So, I did when that. did he live? He's still alive. Oh, he's still alive. Still alive. Jacob Fiddler's still alive. He's an older man, but uh, I hope they get it out before he. Then. Anyway, it's and that's what you're working finished. on. Oh, it's, it's finished. finished. It's finished. It's finished. We're just, you know, a few, a few things, uh, the hurdles to, to overcome. But basically, yeah, wow. basically, it's finished. Incredible. I even have a cover already. I mean, it's yeah, it'll be out very soon. Uh, yeah, thank God. Awesome. Really incredible contributions. Okay, one one more big question before we get to the sort of rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. The Aliyah that you made 30 years ago versus what you see in terms of what Aliyah is today. Talk a little bit about the differences. Yeah, that's very, I always, I always point that out. Like, we didn't have nefesh benefesh. <laughs> we had to do it ourselves. We had to, you know, you go to the Jewish agency, you do it, and no one was there, you know, holding our hands. We didn't go on a group flight. We made Aliyah, and we did it all ourselves. Okay, there was a Jewish agency. I mean, there were people who you know would help you a little bit if you'd ask them questions, but you know. So, so a lot of people. I hear a lot of people who who made aliyah, as I say, before it was fashionable. Even though right. it's been fashionable, you know, right. since the Torah. <laughs> it's, it's, since Avram. It is the actual since fashion Lech, of Jews. Lechlecha, yeah. Right. Um, um, I hear a lot of people say that. You know, there was no nefesh benefesh. We had to do it ourselves. You know, the uphill both ways. You know, like the whole thing. My question is. Is that a source of pride or a source of resentment? Are there elements of both? Talk about that aspect of it. Absolutely no resentment. I am jealous of Rabbi Fass's Chelek and Olam Haba, what he has done. Wow. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how many people he's helped make Aliyah. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. And if it make, can make it easier, great. And, you know, for some people, they're, they're not going to be able to do it. And, and, and put it this way, uh, 
you know, if you remember my story, so you know, I made Aliyah with my, just my wife, okay, she was expecting, she was expecting, um, but it was the two of us, it was, right. we were young, you know, we, we could do it ourselves. There's, there's so many families now that make Aliyah, and that's much more complicated. We did it with five kids. Yeah, it's much more complicated. Not a fun day. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, we get to the I, airport, they expect us to dance and sing. I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. I don't, I don't recommend it. I really don't. I don't. Right. But, but, you know, on the other hand, there are some people who got stuck and, you know, they wish they could have come. You're different because you didn't even think about it to begin never, with. It, was, it, it came up later. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of people who, like, really wanted to do it. And finally, finally, you know, they, they, they realized they have to do it now or never. And, you know, and unfortunately, there's a lot of kids who have gone off to Derek because of it. And it's, it's very dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. And, and I don't... Uh, so, so those who've done it is, are amazing, you know, the, the, the mysterious nefesh that they have to do it. And nefesh with nefesh that they help people like that is, is great, and it's fantastic. You know, I, I, just, I just think it's, it's funny that, I, you know, we didn't need any of that. We did yeah. it on our own, you know. Yeah. You know uh, nothing, you know, no, no you know, pride. Do I feel pride? I guess, you know. And it wouldn't, wouldn't it hurt to have a little bit more help, but who cares, you know. You know, they also need money. That would, that would be. I'll tell you, I'd love to tell you this, the following story, which is not really related, but it, it just, just shows that um, you, know, you can't make cheshbonot, you can't make these calculations, like, right. you know, whether it'll... So when we, as I just said, my wife was pregnant, so there was a lot of pressure from the family to wait and have a baby first in America. Sure. And then they call me out later, and then another year, what's it going to hurt? Just one more year. Um, we decided not to, not to, right, not to fall to the pressure, and we decided to make Aliyah uh, no matter what. Now, besides that, there was also the pressure of, you know, money. So I had taught that second year when my wife was in, was in um, nursing, nursing school. school, so I was a teacher in an elementary school in, uh, in Paramus. And, you know, the salary was was decent for me for just the two of us it was great you know it was money and it was sure. all going into the bank and it was you right. know going to go towards aliyah you know like there was there was that yetahara i would call it to just one more year one more year i can make i could put aside another thirty thousand dollars that's that's thirty thousand more dollars to have to buy a house in, in israel sure no question and and again and I, you know, I make everyone happy have a baby first in america whatever but for for theological reasons, very much, and I have a whole share about it. And there's, been, there's a midrash that says how special it is to be born in Eretz Yisrael. I wanted all my kids born in Eretz Yisrael. That's it. You know, it's like I wanted to get married and right. at least engage in Israel. Engages. I was having my kids in Israel. There was nothing stopping me. I don't care. Okay, but there was that, you know, that hesitation. Maybe we should say one more year and I can make another thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so we made Aliyah. I went to the Kolel in Mevas I don't think I discussed that, but anyway, you I went straight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went straight to uh, Kolel, and um, and one Friday, I think it was, our downstairs neighbors who were also American. We're going to to Beit Shemesh to see these new apartments that are just being built in Scheinfeld. Right. <laughs> right. You have to understand, like before anything here, it was it was a mud. It was a it was a hill with uh, you know, filled with mud. Um, so we Malaria. Said, you know, yeah, well, no. not that. <laughs> but quite. okay, yeah. So we decided to just tag along. Tag along, we'll see. You know, we weren't really ready to start looking for apartments and buying apartments, but no. But it happened to be that the apartment that they, that our friends looked at, they, they decided not to get it, but we really liked it, and we said, you know what, we're going to buy it. 
It'll be an investment. We don't know. You sure. know, supposedly it's an up-and-coming community, or at least. So we ended up getting it on the on the ground floor, i.e., not the ground floor. It's actually one floor up. But in other words, oh, it's we, great though. In other words, before it became so popular, and we bought the apartment for less than a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, it was <laughs> less than a hundred thousand dollars on paper, I and mean, it was already being built. But sure. we were able to see a lot of it. But no, it was not finished at all. It was basically buying it on paper, and that's why we were able to get it for that price. Now, I, I, I say to myself, you know, had we stayed in America for one more year to put away another $30,000, and I would have made, made all the other next year, beautiful, sure. okay, and we would have, let's say we even would have heard about this Beit Shemesh, whatever, and I would have come and seen an apartment, the apartment would have been $130,000. Do you understand that? At least. So I would so have lost gained, the 30 anyway. I would have gained zero. <laughs> At best. Zero. I would have gained nothing. That's right. That's right. You can't make Feshbonot. You have to do it when it's right, when the time is right. Go for it at that moment. Unbelievable. Don't start making, oh, if I stay a little longer. I get, that's how people, that's how the five-year plan turns into the 50-year plan. Yeah. And they never end up making it because they keep on saying when the time is right. No, the time is right the moment that, that you can do it. People, ask, right, people ask me, like, when's the best time to make Aliyah? What's the answer? Now. <laughs> now. It's never going to be a better time. Well, no. Now, Some people have yeah, been right. met, like, for example... The question about teenagers... No, okay, yeah, that's, that's definitely that's an a issue. But, issue. but also, if you haven't finished a degree, I mean, it's mm -hmm. not really realistic that you're going to go to Barilan or something. You're going to... Uh, <laughs> Although well, there are English programs uh, here now. Yeah, now, right. Cheaper now than American colleges. Right, that's for sure, yeah. Now <laughs> it's a little bit easier, but still... I can understand someone who, whose Hebrew is not that good. He wants to get a degree in America. I can understand that. I mean, it's a danger. I say everyone is. Sure. Understand that you're, you know, how many, how many of my friends who are going to do that and then come right afterwards did not come. So you have to, it's, it's, a, it's definitely taking a chance. But, yeah, yes, you have to make all the other, the first moment that it is feasible. We are coming up on an hour and twenty minutes, so oh let's God. let's uh, let's let's uh, go through these last questions. Okay, great. And uh, and then I'll let you go. Um, so here we go. The the idea of these questions is uh, to ask them of everyone, so that people who listen to the pod can get an interesting perspective on each of the guests. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about your story, and that's important, and that's the essence of this. But I also want to have a little fun. Okay. So, here we go. Kedem or Israeli grape juice? What are the Lichtman's use? So, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that I actually like Kedem better. <laughs> but uh, my wife, not at all. She likes the Israeli. But about to say something very funny, okay? Because we, we recently, you know, you have that Tirosh, the Israeli grape yeah, juice, the Tirosh. Sure. Look on the back. And it says Yevul Chutz Laaretz. Oh, so you got to be careful. It's brought from Chutz Laaretz. It's an issue. That's yeah, an issue. So it was in terms of between that and Kedem, and Kedem tastes better. In terms of man shalosh, like you got to be careful yeah, about yeah, the bracha yeah, that you're correct, making. Correct, correct, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So, yeah, so like in the Lichtman home, what is it? Oh, we, we drink. Uh, I actually like this uh, wine called. Uh, no, no, not wine. wine. Grape juice. Kedem or Israeli? What's in your fridge? Both. Both. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The Israeli food you love the most. Did you skip one? Yeah, I'm doing it different. Oh, it's okay. Okay, the Israeli food I love the most. That's funny. I really thought about this for a long time. Iced coffee. 
And uh, gonna, Israeli you're, ice cafe. You're like going to tell me that it's not like a really officially an Israeli food, but you no, know, no, fine. You go to anywhere else in the world, they don't have it. They don't have like you know, you, anywhere you go, you get this ice, the slush. It's like a slush. I, it's I like a Slurpee that. that's coffee yeah, flavored with that. milk. <laughs> okay. Really Is there an Israeli food that you can't stand? So it's a little bit unfair because um, <laughs> you know my first reaction right away is tchina and hummus because I'm allergic to it. So <laughs> to both I of can't. Them. Yeah, because hummus has tchina in it. Tchina sesame. So I'm allergic right. to sesame. So so hummus that is just yeah, yeah, chickpeas. Yeah, you're chickpeas into. I'm fine. Yeah, chickpeas I like. Yeah. So you're allergic to tchina. Yeah, tchina. Yeah. Wow. No, but what I, but but what I really don't like is that I'm not a big you know hari for like shakshuka kind of person. I'm not not so into that. You know what I don't like about sh- I, I don't like shakshuka either. It's my least favorite Israeli food. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why it's my least favorite is because it's exactly what I would expect it to be. It's tomato sauce and eggs. <laughs> And it's not like one plus one equals three. It's just one plus one equals two. That's what I don't like about it. Okay. Anyway, Heinz ketchup or Israeli ketchup in your house? Israeli, but I do have to tell you a very funny story. Yeah, okay. Okay. Go ahead. So I told you that, you know, my son married into the Waxman. So so I didn't tell you the whole story that actually, you know, Mrs. Waxman and my wife have been best friends for 35 years. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. Oh, from the States. From the States, from growing up. Their mom is like best friends. What a beautiful thing for them to be related. Unbelievable. And we have a granddaughter together now. Unbelievable. Talk about uh, dreams coming true. Yeah, that's mom's dream come true. Huh. Oh, that was a total dream come true. But anyway, so so they they work with the uh, they've been in Shalvim since like since they got married more or less or the year after. Yep. And you know he's one of the heads of the yeshiva. Sure. So anyway, at the beginning they used to bring you know when you first make aliyah you bring a lot of stuff from them over from America. paper towels. Right? So they, <laughs> yes, they, they would they would they would they would bring the uh, the, the, the Heinz the Heinz ketchup before it was available here in Israel now like, as it is now. Um, so after a while, though, you know, they didn't, they, they couldn't always get it. So what they would do is they would fill, they would get the refills, the Israeli ketchup, and put it in the Heinz bottle. <laughs> and kid, they, they would serve it to their, their Shalvin boys that would come over for dinner. And, oh, my and, gosh. And the kids would say, oh, finally Heinz ketchup, not that disgusting Israeli stuff, you know? <laughs> and it was, it's such a burn on them. Yes. That it's is such a burn on them. It's, it's all in your mind. It's wow. all in your head. You see a Heinz ketchup bottle, you think that it's good. It's, I, I actually don't like, like Heinz at all. I like the Israeli one much better. The awesome one. Better. Yeah, the awesome. Yeah, yeah, not all Israeli. Some Israeli are like a really bad quality. Yeah, yeah it's almost like awesome. strawberry juice. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The awesome awesome, I, I agree. Awesome is not bad. Yeah, I agree. It's good stuff. Okay, here's the elephant in the room. You've been here for 30 years. Have you tried to do, did you ever try to do the Israeli Hebrew accent? No. You never tried? Never tried and never will try, and I don't think you should, uh, because you can't. You're brought up, you can't change the way you speak. I think it's very, there was one guy I remember who was actually a student at one point, or I was his madrich, I think, and he ended up making Aliyah, and he really, really worked on, you know, getting that, that accent, and he sounded like such a fool. Because you can't, you can't do it. You're either, you're, it's either part of you or not. Why, okay. why try? So I'm a fool. Why, you try it? I, yeah, I... I do the best I can. And, okay. and the reason I do the best I can is because I think about my father-in-law. May he live until 120. Mm-hmm. He moved from Iran, first to Israel and then to the U.S. And he's been in the U.S. for like 45 years. And he still has a thick accent. 
And I think to myself, you know, he should try. He should just try. No, no, no. It, it's okay. I, I'm not saying everybody no, has to. I'll tell you why. It's and very, it's very, it's, it's the kind it's, of thing that you can't approve. It's part of who you are. It's part of who you are. No, I get it. And I totally get it. But the main thing is that my kids will have Israeli accents. So that's, right. you know, so I don't. Big yeah, deal yeah, for yeah. the next generation. Yeah, does, that's it. Okay. What has been better than you expected? And you can't just say everything. Like, is there something about life in Israel that you were dreading and actually it's been really fantastic? So I really, really took a long time to think about this one. I, I, I really can't think of anything. And I think the main reason is because I came so young. First of all, you know, besides with my wife, we was just the two of us, okay, pregnant. But I really, as I explained to you before, I had really made Aliyah when I was, I don't know, 20. That's really when I made Aliyah. Actually, I went back for two years because I had to, okay. Sure. Um, like, I didn't have high expectations. <laughs> I just wanted to be here. Like, I didn't say, like, oh, I want this to be... Baruch Hashem, there's, That's I can actually literally a beautiful not answer. say that there's anything that has been, you know, so much better than I expected. I didn't expect anything. Simple right, as that. Right. So let's go to the other side. Was mm -hmm. there anything you thought would be easier than it's turned out to be? Okay, so that, I, I think it has really more to do with the line of work that I'm in, which is, you know, chinuch and thing. And that, you know, part of us sometimes is a challenge. Um, but I, I don't think it would have been much different in America. I think, you know, Rebbe's don't, you know, aren't the richest in America either. Right. Okay, maybe a little bit easier. Uh, that, that's the only, you know, I guess, uh, hardship I could, I could even think about, you know, yeah. that, uh, nothing else. Uh, maybe, okay, not being with family, that's always hard, you know. Now, speaking of family, yeah. when you moved here, did you think, well, bunch of other relatives are going to come here within a few years or were you, were you just saying like we're moving and whatever happens ha like did you have any expectations and what has actually transpired in terms of uh, relatives right so oh, Hashem, you had your parents here for a while right, for, for a while is, that was beautiful is, which is part of it so and your wife's parents so, are still here right so you're saying it like so nonchalantly but no I'm not when we incredible. made Aliyah right. so so it theologically the Ideologically, yeah. my parents and her parents, um, you know, knew that we were doing a good thing. Sure. But it was very difficult for her parents, especially. My parents a little less, maybe because the daughter, you know, the daughter, and she's the only daughter. I, you know, who knows why? Right. Um, but uh, I mean, extremely, extremely difficult it was for my for my mother-in-law when my, my wife made Aliyah. Now you have to understand. So what happened? So we made Aliyah, and. And they started coming, you know, to visit. a few times a year. And, and they saw it's not so terrible. First of all, we're not living like in such a backwards life. We, right. thank God, have a, you know, a decent uh, apartment. And uh, in the beginning, we had a really small apartment in Cobra, <laughs> but all right, whatever. And, you know, our kids are growing up nicely and everything. And they eventually made Aliyah. They made Aliyah. They bought an apartment here. They left everything in America. They sold everything in America. They came here in Aliyah. Like, that is so... Was, if you would have asked me 30 years ago if that was going to happen, I would say, I don't think so. I really don't think really? so. And my parents, so again, it was always a dream, but did I really think it would work out? No, I don't think so. But there's this something I always like saying, that uh, when I made Aliyah, um, so I had an aunt who since has passed away, my father's, uh, one of my father's sisters, um, who and she's a Borough Park lady, like real, you know, Haredi type yeah, person, got it. you know. And she called me on the phone to wish me, you know, you know 
Hatzlacha, whatever. And she said, I want to tell you something. You're not leaving, you're leading. Wow. That was like such a, such a, like, such a wow. beautiful message. Like, she was basically saying, we all should be doing what you're doing. You're going to be the leader. You're going to, you're going to. And I always, I always say, like, because of the Aliyah of me and my wife, so because of that, my, my parents and her parents made Aliyah, okay? And Baruch you know, parents lived the, the end of their lives here. And, you know, they're both buried here, which is a big schos. Which right. wouldn't have happened if they were. They weren't the type who was getting, were going to be flown oh, in. Okay. Flown in. Yeah, okay. we, they bought plots only when they got here. Um, and we had eight children. And now, Baruch Hashem, four grandchildren and one more on the way. Um, and Bezat Hashem, many, many, many yeah. more to come. So, like, the Aliyah of two people so far already caused the Aliyah of, I, 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 didn't, I don't have the exact number, I can't figure it out right now in my head, but it's like, 14, you know, 14, 15 people, parents, plus, plus, the, plus the son-in-law, I guess you could also say, because, right. I mean, he might have eventually made Aliyah, but okay, he made Aliyah because he married my daughter, and, you know, it really, you know, I'll have many, many, many more descendants, all because of the two little people who made Aliyah when they were 20 years old, when yeah. they were in their 20s, you know? Uh, so, so, so that's really what my, what my aunt was saying. Uh, we're not leaving, we're leading. And we, we led. And, you know, my brother, my brother, who I, you know, I spoke a lot about before, uh, my brother, hello. So he was really my inspiration when I was growing up uh, as, you know, he was, he was one who always wanted to make, make Aliyah again from a certain age. Right. And um, I always looked up to him and he's a big tzaddik and everything else. Unfortunately, it, it just didn't work out for him. He, yet, he, he, right. can you so, say yet? Yeah, one hundred percent, I can say yet. Because okay. recently, he said that you know they are they are really starting to you know start the process. It's okay. gonna be it's gonna take a few more years, but you know they're starting to to, to make the process. So you know, I think I think definitely our Aliyah. I want to be at the, the airport. Help. Can you let me know? Yeah, I want to be at the airport just to see you be, you uh, you and him give each other a hug. Yeah, that will be if the if the Hanchayot allow it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a problem because it's going to be a bunch of years from now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, any pet peeves about Israeli life? So like, yeah. I hate the bank, for example. Uh, Drives me crazy. See, again, you have to remember... Right. You never went to the bank before I you went to the moved to Israel. I never did anything. I was a kid. I was a teenager. My mother did everything for me. I made Aliyah. And, and, and everything I know is, is Israeli. There's really a way to do it. But I, I do... Again, I thought about this a long time. I think, I think certain, like, Israeli chutzpah bothers me of a certain, certain things, certain attitudes. Like, it just popped in my head, um, you know, right in front of our shul, which is where my wife also has her, you know, her program. Sure. Abev. Very important program. Right. So, um, there's also a gun there. So, you know... Of the parking. Yeah, the, 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 the Israelis <laughs> will, will come and, and just, like, drive in on that slant, yes. you know... In the wrong and, direction. In the wrong direction, <laughs> and keep their car running, and keep the door, door open, and run out, and run in, like... The, the, what, <laughs> it, it, does, it does bother me a little bit, you know. It's, it's a certain attitude, it's a certain mindset that Israeli, Israelis have. But <laughs> we love them. So you, ta you talked about, about what uh, gives you tears of joy or pride, so we don't have to cover that again, unless mm -hmm. you want to add anything no, to my it. my children, that's um, 100%. Your hashkafa, how much has it changed since you made Aliyah? It's not changed in the slightest. It might have gotten stronger, you know. It's become more uh, how do you say it? Based on more, you know. I know I learned more sources and more 
you know, I've has a stronger foundation. Stronger foundation, as correct. Oh, for sure. I've not changed my Yashkafa in the slightest. Um, yeah, that's 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 all I can say. I'm very okay. I'm very strong-minded in my in my way. I think. Uh, Two more. Yeah. What do you miss most about where you came from? I don't remember that question, but okay, <laughs> if so, that's fine. Literally nothing, nothing, not the slight, oh yeah, there was a question, I do remember now. I don't miss anything. I, 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 again, I didn't make Aliyah when I was 30 after I was sure. established and everything. I, I don't miss anything. So like, I'm not going to tell you that there's certain things I don't like getting from America, you know, certain types of underwear and things like that, <laughs> and like, you know, that I just can't find here, or, you know, yeah. It just, yeah. There's one thing now, like, you know, mostly everything else you can, you can even get here. Right. But, but there's bar, certain type of bar soap that I just, I, I cannot. Me too. Stand. Which one? Which one? Irish Spring. Irish Spring. I love ah, Irish Spring. I'm a dial I, guy. Oh, I cannot. I haven't had dial for the last year because of yeah, the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, exactly. Yeah, I'm exactly. using this horrible soap. I, I need my so dial. Bad. So you need your Irish Spring. You know spring. what? Maybe we'll make some, we'll go into business. <laughs> we'll bring you <laughs> I'm serious. So, I don't know why they have such terrible soap here. Sounds about as successful such. as uh, translating <laughs> books. <laughs> why not? That could be. Interesting. You can make Maybe. money. You can make money on that. Okay. But anyway, that's so, the only thing I miss. Yeah. Uh, your Aliyah was a light switch. You talked about the I'm incredible I'm sorry, moment. one other thing. Obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously, I miss family. I mean, obviously, right. I wish one of my family was here. But, but things, creature comforts, nothing. Yeah, go on. Smachot are tough. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I miss Especially, birth. I miss uh, births of, uh, of nieces and nephews. Yeah, and, sure. You know, other, other smachot. Yeah. When my dad was sick, you know, I, I know your, your, your parents died here. I, I can't tell you how fortunate you were that your parents died here. I, well, I, that I, I brought them over. You should know, I brought them over. I know, but you I, didn't I, I bring them over to, yeah, obviously. with a, a, with a six-month uh, timeline. Yeah, they were here for years. Uh, yeah, 10 years, 12 years. <laughs> yeah. 12 years yeah. so, um, so, of course, family. Yeah. You talked about Aliyah being a light switch, an incredible mm -hmm. story about mm -hmm. the, that yeah. museum that That's I have to sure. go to in, in the yeah. old city if it's still there. Yeah. And then the last question is, what's your magnet? And I'll quickly explain this so the yeah. listeners understand. Yeah. There, are, there needs to be something that keeps you here through thick and thin. No matter what happens, you're staying. What is that? Kedusha. Explain. Holiness. Godliness. I mean, this is what God wants from us. It's like, um, this is where we are closer to Hashem. This is where Hashem's Shekhinah, His divine presence, rests. And this is where he, you know, the, the Torah is filled with uh, references and praises of, uh, of Eretz Yisrael. Um, it's like, there's nothing that, uh, that can pull me away from this. I mean, I always, I always used to say, you know, I, I will much quicker become a garbage collector than go back to America. Like, if I'm, if I'm like, not making ends meet, so I'll, so I'll become a garbage collector. And I make decent money, you know, I'll do whatever I have to. Right. And I'll tell you, I did, did, there were some things that I've done that I didn't have to become a garbage collector that I, that I did in order to make ends meet. I've right. done some, you know, some cleaning jobs and, you know, unfortunately, I wish I didn't have to. And it was not pleasant. And right. definitely it was not a good time in my life. I was not, pr I was not, uh, not that I wasn't proud of it, I don't care, but uh, you weren't know, enthusiastic, it was, it was hard. right? It was not enthusiastic <laughs> in the slightest, but uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, it worked out. Thank God it worked out, and you know, I don't have to do that anymore. And um, there's nothing that's going to pull me away when I when this is what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to be here, it's like 
do, do you so. think do you think about it on Yom Kippur when you're when you're when you're begging for uh, for your life? Do you ever think about like look look Hashem look what I've done here? I've put mm. I've put my Jewishness yeah, first. Uh, yeah, I think that would be like a little haughty and like Hashem would say, you know, what do you who do you think you are? But <laughs> I I do say I do think though I, I've said this to my wife also I said you know when when my time comes you know I think I there, there's a few things that I'm gonna get Olamah before you know there's, there's a few reasons why I think that I have you know some chance to get uh, some kind of a uh, good a decent place there. One, of course, is from my books done on Eretz Yisrael, yeah. trying to you know help other people, and one is also the the way that I've brought up my children. That that you know I'm so proud of the fact that they're all you know basically you know obviously there's different degrees, but you know basically Shomer Torah Mitzvot. Like right. one very one is very specific uh, point is you know, the, the boy-girl relationship. You know, I don't have any kids who, you know, started going out when they were 15 years old and, you know, and, and, and unfortunately are doing things before they should be doing. Sure. Like, I can't see that really happening so much in American society. I, I know there are very firm communities, uh, you know, where that does happen also. But I, I just feel like, you know, that's my own problem. My kids, I brought up my kids knowing, that, that in a way that they know that Torah is paramount, that, that halacha is halacha, Again, even though some of them have cut some corners and, you know, not exactly the way I would want them to do it, but, you know, the bi on the big issues, like, it's like, it's a no-brainer. Right. And, you know, so that's my Olam Abba. Uh, that's, yeah. That, I think, is my Olam Abba. And, and my Eretz Yisrael uh, stuff, I think. And being here. Being here, yeah. Yeah. Being here, but all, yeah. Everything that, being that, here, that yeah. spawned, I guess. Yeah, being here and, you know, also... Also, all those other Jews who have made Aliyah because of my books yeah, and my yeah. speeches and whatever, yeah. I think uh, I think I'll get something in Olamaba for it. I hope I hope it'll cover up some of my uh, my deficiencies. Let's call it. Rav Moshe Lifman, thank you so much. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you. And you should have a tzlacha, and uh, I'd love to you know, hear. Some other people's stories. Yeah, they were going to be. All right, thank yeah. you so much.